Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and hosting together with me today is Juliette Lamar. Hello, everybody. Joining us today is a wildly creative husband and wife duo who have taken their bold creativity and love of design to the masses on Mr. Kate, their interior design channel on YouTube, which has a whopping 3.4 million subscribers, a number which is sure to impress both of my Instagram followers. <laughs> As a result, it's actually my mom, she does both. <laughs> As a result of their channel's success, they recently had their own HGTV special and are past winners and nominees of the prestigious Webby Award, Streamy Award, and Shorty Award honoring online video creators. The newest addition to their show is the segment, OMG, We're Having a Baby, which follows their journey into parenthood. Kate and Joey, welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. We're so starstruck. We're honored. We're, we're actual fans. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's mutual. <laughs> first of all, you guys both have the easiest possible first names. Uh-huh. Yes. And then Great. questionable second names <laughs> in terms of pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It gets really German so after. I, our I'm going to let names. you each tell me how you pronounce your last name, Kate. Albrecht. Right. That was going to be my fourth choice. <laughs> and Joey. Zare. No, oh, that was my first choice. Oh. Not too bad. Well, unfortunately, our child is getting both of those names. Oh, it's so going to be a hyphen and, and very and very much not a Joey or a Kate. No, no we'll yeah, get to that. I want okay. you guys to okay, tell okay. us all about because that's okay, such a sorry, su- we're jumping the gun. So Calm have... down. <laughs> Calm, okay. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, uh, and then your kids. Why well, a hyphenated last name growing up? And then your kid will just choose to go by their middle name because they're like, screw this. He doesn't have uh-huh. a middle name. Oh, the, oh, good. Oh, <laughs> Putting oh, down oh, your oh, foot early. At least not yet. We haven't made a firm decision. Yeah. We have, but how, uh, how, how was growing up with a hyphenated name? Oh, it was awesome because I would choose to use different names and everyone was like, who are you really? I said, I don't know. Who am I? I really, I was a creative only child, so I, I dove right into having two last names. Thought it was tight. Yeah. Is there yeah. a middle name mm-hmm. and then two last names? Yeah, so it's Juliette Lamar, Roberts dash Slusher. Right. Or Slusher, if you want to say it the German way. And uh, yes, yeah, so I would just choose which one I wanted to go by. So for gymnastics, I would always do my whole name because I wanted to honor my parents. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I moved out to be like an actor, I was like, oh, yeah, shorter is better. I'm just mm-hmm. going to go with the middle. Yeah. yeah. It's not so good at Gmail, all that yeah. all of preamble. That, yeah. <laughs> and then I got married and my husband was like, just add it on. <laughs> I was like, nah, it's mm. cool. <laughs> I thought his name was also going to be a four-namer, and then your kids would hyphenate to an eight-namer. I would be fine with that. Don't they do that in, like, Mexico? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not sure the details, but, yeah, in, like, Latin American mm-hmm, cultures, mm-hmm. they... They have eight names? Yeah. Yeah, and they follow, it's like, follows the mother's um, bloodline. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they they bring in the maternal which well, line, nice. which is nice. It's so non-American. Here, it's just like, yeah, I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two syllables is too much. Um, how'd you guys meet? Um, Who wants to tell the story? <laughs> Maybe we get an A and B. <laughs> yeah. No, we met, it sounds very L.A., but we were actually in Salt Lake City. We met on the set of a movie. Ooh. Joe used to be in a band. It was a boy band. However, don't get it twisted, they wrote and performed their own music. Well, you trained her well. <laughs> no lip singing? No, no lip syncing, no dancing. Like They were like kind of like a Beatles-y vibe. Band, p- power pop. Am I saying this right? You're, you're, you're nailing <laughs> okay. it. What was it called? The, the Click, Click Five. Five. Ooh. Was they it had the... a couple number ones. They were no, awesome. that's no? not. In, oh, in okay. Asia. Sorry. Oh, in Asia. In Asia. They were that. Well, you were on like. We got a TRL number seven in, in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> they were like top number of the charts seven in, in the U.S. Yeah. That counts. Number two in Croatia. Well, it depends <laughs> on what, depends on what uh, outlet you're talking about because we were like. 
number one on iTunes. That's cool. But not the Billboard Hot 100. You were 100. big on MySpace. Oh, yeah. We were number Wait, one on MySpace. Are you saying MySpace or your personal space? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May he rest in peace, MySpace. Oh, the actual yeah. MySpace. But we're over. This is, this is way. Okay. So we met on a movie. I was an actress <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and, yeah, it was a cute, like, teeny bopper movie. And Joey, the his band was the band in the movie. But then, like, the two cutest boys in the band. I'm going to say that. Hopefully none of the other band members <laughs> will listen to this they, podcast. They could be huge in form pregnancy they were, fans. Yeah, they, they were the romantic leads, uh, Joey and the, the lead singer. So they got to act, which was exciting. Did you guys act together? Yeah. Two scenes together? Uh, yeah. Romantic scenes, scenes together? I, I was, no, I was the bitchy popular girl who like got it in the end. Mm. My hair got lit on fire. I did all my own stunts, guys. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, I was hated at the end, so I was I didn't get to kiss him. Mm. But someone else did. But that was that was twelve years ago, uh, right? We filmed it in two thousand seven. Yeah, I mean, your hair looks fantastic. Grew back hair. Oh yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Ever since that date in time, <laughs> the girl who kissed him on set, her hair looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. was it like instant? Um, I had a boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So it was it was definitely instant attraction. I mean, I was 23, you were 24. It was, you know, young, young love. But then, yeah, I had a boyfriend, and then we stopped filming the movie within the period of time before the premiere broke up with my boyfriend. Mm. So we reunited at the premiere at the oh. Tribeca Film Festival. Wow. <laughs> and the rest is history. That's and it went straight story. to DVD. <laughs> <laughs> but in Croatia, number seven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so then you guys have been together ever since. Yep. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. no Sometimes there's an on and off. No, 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 no. That's a good that's question. Not, no, yeah. for sure together. And now we're so together because we work together, we live together, we do everything together. Having a kid together. Yeah. Having a kid together. Where? Did, how did you get involved in the interior design and the work that you do now? Good question. Thank you very much. I yeah. <laughs> no, it's been a very sort of organic slash random experience because I was always a creative person growing up. I went to a Waldorf school, which I don't know if that means anything for your listeners, but it's like a a unique education that emphasizes creativity. So I was always like creating and doing and DIYing and stuff like that. Where was that? In Northridge, glorious Northridge, oh, wow. California, deep in the valley. Isn't that like the porn capital of the world? <laughs> yes. They have a Waldorf school? <laughs> we would drive by the porn studios <laughs> on our way to our little hippie school. Um, they do promote creativity. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. And because I was acting, which is obviously an intermittent thing and kind of depressing at times, I wanted a creative outlet. So I started a jewelry line. I started making my own jewelry. And then Joey being the web design whiz, also self-taught, designed and programmed my first blog. And then I started chronicling different DIY projects and then started my YouTube channel. And then the YouTube channel just kind of took off. Well, it was really when we, we bought our first house. Yeah. I mean, OMG, I'm telling you, bought going, a house. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. Sort of, that was sort of where interior design came into play. Because, right. But we always approached it from like a DIY yeah. angle because that was always how I did things, even in our rental apartment. So I had all these previous posts about like decorating rentals and how to kind of spruce up things on a budget and stuff like that, which we still emphasize on our channel. And then, yeah, right. the, the channel was flourishing enough that it made sense for Joey to join 
in and it become our full-time gig pursuing that and the rest is history I guess because Joey became the like carpenter of dreams (laughs) (laughs) executing all of my crazy designs that I thought up do you have training in that Joey? no yeah I mean, I think our dynamic plus our experience is actually pretty approachable because it's the way that a lot of people do Mm -hmm. things in their homes nowadays. Like whether you're on a budget or you just want to have your stamp on your space, your personal stamp on your space, your people really enjoy the DIY angle. So I'm not the hand. Like I always watch (laughs) these things. I'm like, that looks really cool, but I can't really. Like I have a toolbox. Yeah. And in my toolbox, I have duct tape and WD-40. If it's too loose, I duct tape it. Mm-hmm. Or if it's too tight, I WD-40 it. <laughs> That's about all I got. That's pretty good. Yeah. Thanks. Those are good doula tools too, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> specifically, yeah. If I can't fix it with one of those two things, I'm like on, you know, looking for a handyman, handy person. Yeah. yeah. You guys were kind of doing YouTube like before it was cool almost. I feel like you, you got in. It didn't just happen Well, we were overnight. doing it before like every kid's answer was like, I want to be a YouTuber. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what was so we it got being lucky. early? You, we got lucky, but you were also creative and you kind of saw your opportunities. So what was it like being in the space as like little tiny YouTubers at first before it was something that is a career? Well, I think it allowed us to grow more organically. I mean, the great thing about YouTube is it's basically you get to test all your stuff. Like we have videos on there that are super embarrassing and really old, but I leave them up there because it shows. Yeah, (laughs) remind yourself to go watch those embarrassing videos. Um, But yeah, I mean that's the journey of being an entrepreneur and you know exercising different things. So we really fell into our niche when we fully cut out like doing because I was trying to do beauty videos and kind of spread across the board of like the DIY thing and then when we narrowed into the interior design it was like oh this is our niche this is what we're good at we can do full room transformations on YouTube which nobody was doing nor have they really caught up to do Mm -hmm. we're definitely the biggest channel doing that yeah um, I mean we because we both came from traditional media I think we had this weird understanding of how to produce things that people who were on YouTube at the time didn't Mm -hmm. and still don't. I mean, production is getting better on YouTube, but it was like that was sort of what we were able to make our our thing was we were doing these like high quality productions, Mm. but releasing them, distributing through YouTube, which was not that normal. Now it's like the cable companies are all freaking out. All the networks are trying to figure out how to keep viewers and YouTube is becoming more and more legitimate. I would say now it is legitimate, but you know we were doing it before it was actually legitimate. Right, but you would stand out because you you come from a professional production background, so your videos. Yeah. I look... mean, it's still we still we have tons of YouTuber friends, and they see our productions and they're like, "What are you? How do doing? you do this?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's one of the first things I noticed when I went to your guys' channel to check you out. Um, was just the quality was so good. It's so easy to watch because you're not being distracted by, you know, poor sound or bad yeah. lighting. It's just, oh, this is very watchable. This is this is HDTV on yeah. YouTube, like, basically. Yeah. I yeah. like that for you it's like a tattoo, though. It's like once you put it up there, you don't pull it down. I love that, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, lot of people yeah. self-edit. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's important. And that's part of our, our ethos. We call ourselves creative weirdos. That's what our following is called. All of our fans call themselves creative weirdos. And, like, the idea behind that is embracing your weirdness, which is your uniqueness, mm-hmm. and not apologizing for it. And 
being creative through that weirdness. So I didn't want to like, I want to practice what I preach and mm-hmm. leave up my creative weirdo journey online. Creative <laughs> mistakes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are no mistakes. No, they're all informed. <laughs> this is informed pregnancy. I'm an informed weirdo. Creative <laughs> learning experience. And because hashtag, because why not? How exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. our slogan. How do you pick projects? They're pretty much all fans. Yeah. So we just get nonstop they people submit emailing. Yeah. Requests. Yeah. yeah, we're really lucky because we aren't set up like a traditional interior design house in that we have to pick clients that pay. Mm-hmm. We get to pick clients who have a fun story, have a terrible space that really <laughs> needs work on it um, because we get, you know, sponsors and things like that to work on the episodes with us and we're able to pay for the majority of our room transformations or help them pay so, yeah, we're able to pick just who really pulls on our heartstrings, I guess, so to speak. And it is mostly from our creative weirdo community who submit videos and give us a little Do you guys personally tour. go through all those videos? I mean, it must be a lot. I usually do like a first pass. Yeah, Joey. I try to edit it down for Kate. <laughs> uh, Joey's you know. the gatekeeper. Fair enough. Yeah, and then we'll kind of narrow it down. But we, we usually put out like little casting calls to our community, like we're looking for a kitchen we also have a pretty specific form that we direct people to, so it's kind of easy to sift through everything because they have to answer questions. What kind of room are you looking for? What kind of, you know, all that stuff. So mm. Yeah, to to the disappointment of a lot of our fans, we're pretty much L.A. and surrounding area based currently. Because that makes we sense. Do have, it makes sense for us, obviously, just <laughs> with our crew because we're L.A. and just interior design is epic in terms of the furniture and everything that you mm-hmm. have to get delivered. So if we tried to do that out of state or out of country even, because we do have a lot of international fans. Shout out if you guys are listening, international (laughs) creative weirdos. Croatia. We love you all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's hard to get there with a couch. It's true. (laughs) I can't even take uh, water on the airplane. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let alone a water bed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My belt, my shoes, this is my water bed. You must hit challenges in the middle of your production and you don't have a massive production company behind you. Does that ever, like, knock you off your feet? I mean, honestly, we are more agile. Like, I feel like the systems in place of these bigger companies are really what slow people down. Mm. So in a way, I think, like, sure, we may have a longer workday here or there because we got to resolve some sort of problem. But I don't think – I think it's a benefit that we don't have some sort of infrastructure that we have to, like – go through layers and yeah, we're pretty pay scrappy. that much more money. I mean, we're able to be so efficient because mm-hmm. there's no one besides our small team. You know, it's like we don't have to pay 500 people or whatever production company. Mm-hmm. I'm not 500, but a couple hundred people. Yeah, and, and usually we, if there is a mess up, we'll document it because, again, we're about showing the, like, organic process of design and decorating or renovation. And if something crazy happens that's good video <laughs> yeah i mean the, the fact that we don't have more cooks in the kitchen is is so awesome. great yeah. we've both been in traditional media like i said before where there's so many cooks in the kitchen too many pans and it just can make things take forever mm-hmm. and this yeah. in this medium you have to be you know we finish an, an edit upload it now we don't have to send it to anyone for approval you know it's like freedom yeah yeah we're releasing videos every other week and they're 30 to 40 minutes long each it takes a good week to edit them, so yeah, we don't have time to be nitpicky. Yeah, <laughs> stuff. 
Well, it's better that way. I think it's yeah. just, you know, it doesn't look too over-edited. Yeah. Yeah, the sure. authenticity it's is another real. thing that really shows through so well in your videos. It's like, okay. wow, this is very well done, but so authentic. It doesn't feel structured in, like the way you're saying. Yeah, that's the YouTube thing. Like, yeah. you got to keep it real on YouTube because people will call you out. They'll see through. And, you know, it's the nature of the beast. I mean, people are vlogging their daily lives on YouTube. We can't then go up and be like, ah, like two. <laughs> I mean, we are like that. That's pretty much how I sound like most days. But, yeah, we got to keep it real. It's interesting because I think social media has both sides. Yeah. There's the side of, like, just this is just exactly who I am with no filters at all. And there's the other side of, like, my life is so perfect. You mm-hmm. know, like, this year my New Year's resolution was to be more like my Facebook profile guy. <laughs> because he, first of all, is 20 pounds lighter than I am and has an amazing relationship with his wife and family and kids. Aww. And he has figured out work-life balance perfectly. Wow. I'm like, I envy to be that guy. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a second, that's supposed to be me. <laughs> so there's that side of social media. That's true. And then there's the other side where it's it's totally raw. Yeah. What's it like being uh, married to a relationship therapist? Yeah, it's um, at first, well, we met really young and uh, we were in summer camp, sleepaway summer camp. Ooh. And um, she's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I think I want to be a chiropractor. I'm like, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to be a psychologist. I'm like, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just thought I'm not going to be able. I have to earn so much more money to pay for therapy for our kids when they grow up. Because they might as <laughs> well be a psychologist. Um, in the end, it and at the beginning, I used to she she'd serve mashed potatoes, and I, I was just afraid to eat them. Like like she would read like Rorschach into it. So, <laughs> yeah, you're having mother issues. Um, in the end, she's amazing. She's so incredible as a wife and a mother. Like or I, I'm just blown away. Sometimes I just shut up and watch and listen how she is with the kids. And they'll just be totally just like kids. Even when they were two and three years old, they'd just be acting out and she would just have the right thing to say. Just like maybe it's intuitive to other people, but it's not to me. I'd be trying to get one of my kids dressed and I'm like, I'm not wearing this, I'm not wearing it, I don't want it, I'm not wearing it. And she would come and say you know, which one of these two do you want, this one or that one? And it was just the simple, they want a little control. Mm-hmm. And she understands that about them. So if I say you have to wear this, they're going to rebel because there's no control. And if she says, which one of these two do you want, they feel like they get to pick one. And so they just pick one and move on. Yeah. So simple but thing. so powerful. Yeah. How did you go from just being a chiropractor? Like, did you always know that you wanted to have a f- sort of focus on – Moms, I love this. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, have so, I have a lot of questions for you, John. Very uh, curious you're this mysterious you. figure that like Kate comes home and talks about, uh, and I listen to your podcast. Dude, I'm like, dude. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, we're having a chiropractor on the podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it kind of was. I was going to do regular medicine. I was an EMT. I was working in emergency rooms and, and uh, ambulances, and then. My father suddenly passed away, and part of it was related to a medical mix-up. And I thought, oh, my God, I just didn't want to have mm-hmm. – I didn't want my career to be the drugs and surgery side of things anymore. I love them. I respect them. I work with them all the time, but I wanted to go a little more holistic. So we had just gotten married, too. Everybody thought I was going to medical school, and we're going to – you know. and then I was like, I think I'm just going to like make pizza for a year and, and, and take my time and figure out what I want to do. Made all the parents nervous, but I studied a lot of the alternatives, and I really fell in love with chiropractic and massage. I don't know why they're not one, 
because chiropractic is all skeletal and massage is all muscular, and it's a musculoskeletal system. I, you know, if I adjust you but don't address the soft tissues around it, those tight muscles are just going to pull things out oftentimes and vice versa. So I went to school separately for both, combined them together. She was finishing her psychology degree, and we thought, let's have a baby. So we just followed the instructions and nothing happened. Uh, <laughs> and so we went for medical help because no baby was coming. We really exhausted ourselves in every way, physically, emotionally, financially, trying to get a kid in there. And um, they were pretty much like, uh, we don't know what's wrong. You're probably never going to have a kid. So just uh, figure out a plan B. Mm. And we were young. We were like 27, 29. So, uh, you know, we just took some time really after that to recover from the whole thing. And um, we started eating better. We were uh, living in Nebraska. We started like exercising together all the time, going for these amazingly long bike rides on these beautiful trails they have there in Nebraska. Uh, meditating a little bit, doing Chinese medicine, better nutrition, and uh, accidentally we found out we were pregnant. Wow, that's beautiful. It's nuts. And then every two years, another kid popped out. (laughs) We couldn't shut it off. Uh, So when we moved to L.A., we sort of opened up this mind-body wellness center together with the focus on boosting whatever natural fertility you have boosting your body's natural fertility. Mm. And then, you know, within a year, all these bumps started showing up. And uh, they were like, you know, we want to keep working with you. And I'm like, oh, you're pregnant. I'm not supposed to touch you. So, uh, you know, I did. I try to find places to send them. I assumed that because pregnancy is so interesting and unique that there were places that just specialized in it. But nobody really wanted to touch them. So uh, I did some homework and research and talked to other chiropractors around the country that were doing it. And... Um, you know, I learned, I said, I came back, I said, I don't, I don't know exactly, I'm not, I have no experience here, but I know I can ha- not harm you. And uh, that's how we got started. Hmm. That's and awesome. then you became a doula, just... So, I also, again, I come from a very medical background, so I was just focused on pain and ache and spasm and discomfort, but as our clients were getting closer to birth, they would have these birth plans, and then they would go in and oftentimes come back and the plan never went like Mm. or often didn't go anywhere close to where they were headed Mm. and it just kind of as they would come back one after another I'd start trying to find out the story like what happened you know and the same story started to pop up over and over again people would ask me hey do you know the the second time around do you know a doctor who's supportive of vaginal birth after cesarean I'm like why wouldn't they be supportive (laughs) so I would start to do my research and you, you find out there's more to it than just like pure risk versus benefit. There's a lot of other factors involved in the decisions that doctors make and hospital make and that individuals make. And so I just started to write it as a, uh, as, as a articles, as a blog that became a magazine. And eventually, you know, this podcast, our YouTube series, The Real Midwives of Los Angeles, two documentaries <laughs> and a stand-up comedy show. Uh, <laughs> and then the first time I went to a birth was just because there was a baby that was stuck. And um, it was a home birth, and the baby just wasn't coming down. They were installed for, at nine centimeters for hours. Oh, wow. And the midwife called me, and she said, is there any chance you could get a baby that's not breech but posterior, maybe make more room for that baby to rotate into a better position for birth? And I said, I don't know. But it's just the same things I would always do is try to, you know, use massage and adjustments to loosen up her low back, hips, and pelvis and make a more functional space. 
And it was a Sunday afternoon. I was in a pet store trying really hard not to buy a pet for my family. <laughs> she said, any chance you can come right now? I'm like, where are you? She said, we're at a birth and we're stalled. And it was just the weirdest thing. I went over there. I walked into this birth. They were like knee deep in it with a couple I'd never met before. Wow. She didn't tell me they were filming for a for a documentary, actually. <laughs> so there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> I was already weirded out. And then I'm like, what does my bald spot look like in camera two? <laughs> uh, <laughs> But we, you know, we did body work, and eventually that baby did clunk into place and, and pop right out. And that's how I started Yay. going to births. Mm. Um, I went to a, several births, and then eventually I ended up at these births where they were long and exhausting. So when I would get there and start working with her, again, this woman who I'd never met before, uh, like the partner would leave for a break, and the midwife would take a break, or the, you know, the doula would take a break. And I'm alone with her, and things start to pick up, and she'll be like, you know, say something meaningful. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I just rub stuff and crack things. I'm not a, a doula. And it got uncomfortable. So I told my wife, I said, I think I want to do doula training. Just so I, like, if I'm in that environment, I have mm. a little more know-how and stuff behind me. And she's like, that's cool. I'll do it with you. And so we did doula training together. It was really a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Part of I doula training, which is kind of intense. <laughs> On the third day of doula training, you go through these scenarios where you act it out. She'll, the, the instructor, she'll set it up. She'll be like, okay, you're the laboring mom. You're the doula. You're the uh, unwanted mother-in-law, whatever it is. You know, <laughs> So uh, <laughs> my wife got to be my doula while I was in labor and uh, during oh. the scenario. And I was like, wow, I did not see this coming when, we, when I proposed. <laughs> How was your labor? Uh, it was pretty good. My doula was amazing. Uh, she really kept my unwanted mother-in-law at that. But you didn't so, have anyone to work on your pelvis and back. I, well, no, I did not. So next time around, yeah. I'm definitely going to look for that if I have another baby. Were you always the doula for your children's births? No. So, you know, there's a doula and there's a partner, and they're different from each other. Mm. Nobody can be the partner except the partner. Yeah, interesting. And so I wanted to always be the partner at Mm -hmm. at our births, and we always had a doula with us as well. And to me, like, the puzzle was really perfect with all of us. Sounds like a good, yeah, trifecta. Yeah. That's our plan. Are you you good at saying encouraging words? Because I know that you default to, like, humor. Is it still hard for you to, like? Uh, um, First of all, when I'm at a birth, I talk a lot with my hands. And mostly the births I go to nowadays, I have a, a relationship with the laboring person through pregnancy. So mm. I know what she wants. I know what makes her feel calm and safe and relaxed to a degree. Um, and I also know how her body responds to different types of body work. So I really talk a lot with my hands, especially if there's also a doula there. I sometimes really don't talk at all. If I come in and labor's already picked up to the point of, you know, this sacred series of waves where there's not a lot of talking and she's primal and and just inside, you know, other than a brief, you know, introduction, it's really a lot of hand talking. Mm. Um, When someone does feel not safe and just needs some encouragement and some help getting out of their head, then I definitely have had this incredible opportunity to be at a birth as a body worker with some of the city's most incredible well-seasoned doulas. So I get to be a fly on the wall and watch these doulas do their amazing work. And I I really feel lucky and blessed that I've been able to take that and bring it to births where I go and there is no doula. And she will look for support sometimes. And, um, yeah, I think I can be encouraging. I like humor if the person responds well to humor. I think if you're laughing, your body knows you're not being chased by a tiger. (laughs) So it helps you just kind of chill out. And um, for the right personality type, humor is great. 
So. Yeah. Wow. Um, why don't we take I'll a stop, break? I'll stop asking questions. Sorry. That's it. I said I have Jay a lot of questions. So it's okay. We'll get back to the Mr. Cake podcast. We should podcast have done a, a, a two-hour. <laughs> no, we're so this is this shows what legit fans we are that we're like we're that interested oh, in so nice your to journey. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. Join us, and when we come back with Kate and Joey, as they turn the tables and on Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. We are back with Kate and Joey, and we are going to talk about two things this segment. One of them is designing nurseries, DIY tips for designing your own nursery, and your little bump and what you plan to do with it. So <laughs> let's start with nursery. Where do you start with a nursery design? Well, nursery designs are unique, obviously, because you haven't met the person yet mm. <laughs> who's going to be inhabiting the space. Truth. I never thought about it. That's profound to me right now. <laughs> Whoa, super deep. <laughs> because is it, is it about them or is it about the parents? This well, is like that first birthday party. Good question. I think that the way we usually approach it is it's more about the parents because they have the discerning eyeballs at first that, that are going to be absorbing the surroundings. But we want to make it a space that if needs to be, you know, convertible to be for the whatever the little human's taste is going to be as it comes about. Mm. And that's something to consider. For budget. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we usually just base it off what the parents want because it's a space where they're going to be relaxing and bonding with the child and playing on the floor and rocking in some sort of rocking or not. If you want to be stationary, no judgment, but usually <laughs> gliders or rockers are big things. But yeah, I, I always talk about the Pinterest purgatory that I think a lot of parents get into. That's what I call it. Yeah, where you're just looking online at Pinterest. Well, Pinterest or? is amazing for inspiration, but it is also a black hole. You will mm -hmm. pin your life away and have mm. so much inspiration and not know how to siphon it down to really have a cohesive design. So I always tell people to pick. Kind of feels similar to like doctors trying to pick doctors around a pregnancy in LA. You're in the black hole of pregnancy providers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like who's a Was I a pin at some point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I always tell people to like narrow down like their favorite three, maybe five pins. Mm, okay. Ideally less. Like three is great. That is so hard. So hard, <laughs> I know, for people because there's thousands. Ooh. So and that way you can kind of then analyze those images and deduce a design from that. That's a word, right? Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. You. 
It's like induce. I'm thinking there's no pregnancy terms going on in my head. (laughs) Yes. So, and and that way you can kind of come up with something that you can actually execute. Because I think a lot of parents get stuck in this like, it needs to be perfect thing because you see all of these Instagrams and Pinterest posts of the perfect nurseries and then all of a sudden you go into labor and you haven't finished it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do do people sometimes, like there's a couple, do they have like very different opinions? Is it hard to, sort of like the name, you know? Yeah, I mean, usually people who've compromised enough to have a kid together are they pretty... They can figure out the room. <laughs> yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, they'll be like, we did a, a nursery recently where the mom liked more neutral tones and then the dad really liked wood and stuff like that. So we did like white wood so it's a combination of like both their styles so that's my job as the designer to kind of really learn from them like I don't go into it saying like this is my personal style and I'm gonna barf it on the walls in your room I want to get to know them and make sure there's another pregnancy term (laughs) barfing on the walls (laughs) yeah yeah so it's really important that it that it speaks to the individual because it's I'm all about just making sure that they're elated with their space when we do the big reveal so I've never owned a home because I think I'm a commitment phobe so we just rent and rent and rent so we could just move in a minute if we want to oh wow Mm. Uh, we probably should at some point, but <laughs> I'll grow up one day. In the meantime, we once did, we had an interior designer come into a place we were renting and just talk, and you know, she was going to do the bedroom, the dining room, I think the living room. And for each room, she gave us this thing. She's like, what are the top three things you want to feel when you come into this room? And I was like, oh, I don't know. That's interesting. We wrote, and my wife wrote down her things that she wanted to feel, and I wrote down my things that I wanted to feel. And that was like her starting point. I thought, well, that's mm, pretty creative. That's good. But the thing is, like, the reason I asked about differing, look, my wife will be the black Pinterest hole yes. where it's just even when, when she buys a pair of shoes, she has to see every pair of shoes because <laughs> what if there is a better pair of shoes than this pair of shoes? Yeah, right. I think the, the, the thing that we have going for us is we don't allow people to do that. I love that. <laughs> we, don't, we don't show people what we're buying. Oh, you just do it. We you just guys do it. Do it. But they give you, them. but it's there. They give you some sort of input, and yeah. then you just do it. It's an initial conversation. Initial conversation. Get to know them. I ask them questions. What are your favorite colors? Do you have a favorite piece of clothing? Show me your two favorite pins or three favorite pins. But that's a good process for somebody to do themselves at home. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the goal is to get it done. Yeah. You can hello. Always repaint. Uh-huh. You can always sell the furniture and rebuy a different crib or whatever and get, yeah, exactly. And they're surrendering to you, another pregnancy term. They're like surrendering their room to you and then just being okay with the outcome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the surprise element is great. We make sure that they don't see the space until it is fully finished. Fully done. So they don't have analysis paralysis where they're like, they see one element of it before it's really done. really need to change that right over there and then because of Mm -hmm. that, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think also like something that people could do if they're doing it themselves is give themselves a shot clock and like as them and their partner can say, we're going to keep each other to this clock. So it's like by the end of this day, we have X, Y, Z done. Like Mm -hmm. we have to make a decision. Yeah. Because you will just delay and delay. And the more you delay and the more you feel like you're thinking about things, chances are the more you'll potentially dislike something in the end. Sure. Mm-hmm. It kind of yeah. reminds me of like trying to write something, like write a book, and you just you you write the do. first page 500 times and you never get to the rest of the book. Yeah. 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 Um, and you yeah. can make edits. Like You can go back and change things. That's like People just need to remember it's not permanent. This is not the only version. Definitely. Yeah. No, we always approach it. So we'll go in, get to know the person, make them make decisions <laughs> about <laughs> – 
color palette or whatever. I just but had this flash, this image in my head. Have you ever done a reveal and someone comes in and I'm like, it's terrible. <laughs> it's just awful. No, no we've never I had know. that. Okay. Kay has an amazing ability to listen and to actually comprehend and to turn that around into a design. Like, I don't have that ability. Whoa, hold on a second. First of all, <laughs> both of you, I think, are very similar in one way. You came onto my podcast and asked me more questions than I asked you. <laughs> and Kate does that in our sessions. I'm, I come in, how you doing? How you feeling? How's everything going? And within a minute, it's turned around like, how are you doing, doctor? Like, at the end, I'm like, do you take my insurance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we like people. We like to get to know people. And I think the space is just a reflection of who the people are that are inhabiting it. And that's the most exciting thing to me about design and what makes it much deeper than just the superficial of picking a paint color and stuff like that. So I think if people know that design can be as flexible as they are in their lives, it's less daunting. Mm. So yeah, I, I think there's the technicalities of making sure you do a floor plan and measure and things fit. That's really important. With nurseries, there's the technicalities of making sure that the baby's going to interact with are safe, made of safe, environmentally friendly elements. So you want to do like no VOC paint. You want to have a nice mattress for the crib that is an off-gassing, grody foam. You want to have a rug that's made of natural fibers that isn't, you know, off-gassing other stuff. And then anything that they're going to potentially put in their mouth has like – Everything. <laughs> yeah. Has, you know, good ingredients to it as well. And then also think about top-heavy things, mm. you know, even side tables and stuff like that as they learn to walk and pull themselves up on mm. anything in the room. Just do the pull-up test yourself, you Do you know? like fasten everything down? We do. That is Joey's job. Joey, you want to weigh in on anchoring stuff to the wall? Uh, yeah. I mean <laughs> – your your best bet is to go into a stud. A lot of people maybe don't know how to find a stud, but it's not that hard. They're usually 16 inches apart. So you can go from your corners of your room or from an electrical outlet, mm-hmm. measure 16 inches. You can do the knock test. You know, you knock on the wall until you hear the tone change. Aren't there like, like little stud things? Finder, you can, sure. Yeah, you hold up on the wall. And yeah, I just... mean, stud finders are That's, that somewhat would, unreliable. If I added one more thing to my toolbox, it would probably be that. Uh, it's not a great investment. Not a good investment. <laughs> stud, wow. stud finders Joey, are pretty unreliable. Yeah, we have, like, we have like a $400 I have stud every stud finder, finder you like, could have. Don't really get me wrong. Crazy. Yeah, and and I still amazing. use them, but they're but all But I saw on Instagram one that shows you even oh, yeah. what's behind oh, he, there. Yeah. If there's he a little that. pipe. Yep, yeah. yep. Oh. Yeah. They're fun toys. They're fun party tricks. You yeah. Look, x-ray in the wall. But Well, Kate's a stud finder on that movie set. Hey. Yeah. Hello. When she had the boyfriend. What? <laughs> no, I'm saying in the movie set, you found a stud. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think um, yeah. I think anchors are a good thing if you're a, a parent getting ready to do your nursery. You can watch YouTube videos about this, but there's all kinds of different anchors. You want to make sure you're using the right type of anchor because anchors, first off, they they have weight ratings, and those are for shear ratings. Mm-hmm. So like for weight downwards. Pulling down on it. But you also think about like tipping. Yeah. If you're not into a stud, your best bet is always to go into a stud with something, especially in a nursery. Because when you screw into a stud, it's secure. It's solid, yeah. yeah. Uh, but something tipping away, like there's different types of anchors. I would say, um, you can write this down. I would use a snap <laughs> toggle anchor, which is 
uh, there's there's anchors that you put in your drywall that kind of expand, mm-hmm. but they're not that strong when they're being pulled outwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. The one yeah. that like pops out when yeah. it goes in there. Yeah, exactly. It's like a butterfly. A snap toggle actually goes in. You feed it through your wall. No one can see what I'm doing with my hands. (laughs) I can visualize. You feed it through your wall, and then it kind of snaps open. Yes. So then there's something on the other side of the drywall, so that you can't like pop out the anchor with the screw. Yeah. Yeah, So imagine like a butterfly going through a hole and then opening on the other side. Thank you so much. Look but that's what I'm saying. Really you can use it. Because a lot of people hear anchor, put an anchor in the wall, and then they just grab an anchor, and they uh, don't know that there's all kinds of different anchors, and they and have all kinds of different purposes. Yeah, it will wait. It, it'll list the weight that the anchor can handle. And if you're wondering if you're in a stud, it's when your screw has resistance going in. If you're in drywall, just drywall, your screw will just spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you did no handyman training? You just like all learned on the job, watch some videos? Yeah. I mean, I grew up doing like Habitat for Humanity and stuff. Oh, well, that's training. Yeah, so I guess. Speak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're street smart. Mm-hmm. We're, we're but I've always Yeah, trained. I've always been someone who just likes to figure things out. So Yeah. And in today's world, it's so, you know, I could I could be a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've always YouTube been the kind trained. of guy who likes to pay someone to figure things out because I just always assume I'm going to get it wrong. Like even you just talked about measuring. I, I don't trust myself to measure. Like, will this fridge fit in that space? I got to hire somebody to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the don't piecemeal measure. The biggest key is actually measuring your entire room. And, mm-hmm. cr- and creating a scale, like if hopefully you had some sort of class like that in school, right? Let's say, mm-hmm. no? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, a quarter of an inch equals a foot for your space. Oh, on the scale. On paper, on paper. Yeah, yeah, on oh, paper. Oh, yes, I, I have learned how to yeah. do math. Yeah. And, it, you know, most rooms are <laughs> rectangles, so you figure that out, draw your rectangle, and then from there you're able to piece in those pieces. Can I fit the couch I don't trust I myself. The, I just know I'm going to order it and it's not going to fit. <laughs> I can see how that would, you would like measure a couch, measure a chair, and like, yeah, it's all going to fit in there. But then when you actually put it all in the space together, all of a sudden you're like, oh. Uh-oh. Not only that, when they <laughs> when they ship you those big boxes, you open them, you screw everything together, you put it, and then you go set it up, and it doesn't fit. Mm, yeah, that's my life. I need you, I need you guys. <laughs> well, I can't that's do it. why the dimensions are key. I mean, something that we talk about, we call Joey and I coined the term wallitis, which is when people decorate all along the perimeter of their room and don't use the internal. Oh, nothing space, in the middle. Which Funny enough, in nurseries, that actually is kind of a good layout because you want the floor space for the baby to roll around and set up, you know, the play mat or whatever it is. But there's always the opportunity to use the middle of your room as well. Don't forget about that. Like what would you do with it? Well, if you wanted to set up even a seating area in your Mm -hmm. nursery, if you had enough room, you could do a couch along the wall and then an accent chair in front of it. And Mm -hmm. maybe that accent chair is rockable and that becomes your glider. So then you have a corner or another wall available for the crib or the changing table. So just thinking creatively and and more 360 about the space. People think very... Also, you know, a lot of people put their crib against the wall. Mm-hmm. And a crib is like one of the few furniture pieces that, that you could are have floating. Made to There's float, beautiful yeah. oval cribs you oh, could yeah. put in the center of a room would be really nice. So yeah, I mean the room you can access from anywhere. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the kid pulling something down off the wall or whatever, which you shouldn't necessarily put anything above the crib. But again, if you are gonna put something above the crib, technically move the crib away so that you feel away from the wall a somewhat. Safety so you feel, yeah. 
Um, well, you guys have so many tips. We can yeah, there's countless tips. For, <clears throat> I mean, there's so many things about, you know, mattresses and all of those safety ratings, and you want things to be, like, Green Guard certified and all of that stuff. But Green Guard? Green Guard, yeah, that's the certification. So this is not all the chemicals and flame retardants mm-hmm. and... Exactly, yeah. Hmm. VOCs. <clears throat> VOCs, Volatile yeah. organic compounds. Yes, yeah. So that's something to consider. But that said, if you have a, an amazing hand-me-down crib, you know, sometimes people get a little bit too crazy or scared about that stuff. Like, Must it was be brand a hand- new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was a hand-me-down crib that, you know, your grandma and your mom survived and in. You. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. And you. Yeah, and you. You made like, it. Like, you made it. Like, you're fine. And, you, and if you're worried about the finish on it, you can always sand it down and paint it, repaint it with a, mm, a, no, a healthy paint. <laughs> no, you can't. That's not a sign, Dr. Berlin, with any of these no, DIY it's not, uh, you Strength and weaknesses. I know my, my thing is uh, hire, hire people. I'm the totally. opposite. I'll try it and fail and like many times before I'll give in to having someone else do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even if you try and fail, then go and get the inexpensive crib from Target yeah. or whatever. Like, it's fine. Your baby will love it because they won't care. <laughs> Can we talk about your baby? Yeah, sure. let's talk about You're having been, one. Like, wiggling around. I bet he has questions. He's trying to ask questions. He's, he's trying to raise his little <laughs> hand. I know. He's, like, he's going to like hate He's going to grow up not asking stuff. any questions. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to ask no questions, hate design. No. Um, <laughs> so you're having a kid yeah. in the not-too-distant future. Um, True. First kid, we are excited slash working our butts off to try to make sure we have content mm-hmm. up and ready so we can have a little channel so a little go into the cave time and maternity leave yeah which is it's did you a, already do your nursery funny enough nope it's <laughs> no, not done. <laughs> if you need me to measure anything <laughs> i mean no trust me the plan is all locked in oh, i have everything there. ordered and it's all been delivered except for our glider, which is why we haven't implemented everything yet. I'm also hand painting a mural on the wall, which oh, is wow. currently in process. So. I want to see. Yeah. Well, the, the video will be out on our channel. Does, it have to do, does the point. mural have to do with um, his name? I, I'm going to integrate, yes. His story. His name. I just yeah. loved that whole oh, video. So if you guys you. haven't seen it, definitely go to their channel and check it out. It's just the most beautiful name reveal. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we, we struggled over a name for a boy because I had so many names picked out for girls and then for a boy it was harder because we wanted something unique and, and weird and but not so weird that he <laughs> would be tortured. Is it a coming spoiler alert? Yeah, yeah. So our son will be named Moon. Mm. Yes. Sun will be Moon. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Oh, yep. And um, yeah, we, we did we wanted to do is a fun Is it the traditional reveal. spelling of moon? <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Okay, so no, an M U with a line over it. Yeah. Three O's. <laughs> Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An umlaut? No. No, we and we wanted to do a fun reveal for our audience, so we wrote a little rhyme story about how we came up with the name, but wrote it as if we were reading it to him and then we animated it. This amazing animator in England, Joey, found her online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, that's that's on our channel, our name reveal video. Does the baby already have a YouTube channel, or is that you have to wait? Ugh. Moontube? This is a torture. It's a weird. Question. It's a weird debate yeah. that we actually have to have. Not about YouTube, but, like. How much are we, like, exposing him? Exposing him, well, yeah. Also, we have a lot of peers that are having kids, and it's sort of like you st- they already have Instagram accounts for them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. which we have. We just haven't. Yeah, no, we have friends whose, yeah, whose children are not born yet. And they have Instagram accounts with like 
30,000 plus. My face oh my right now. I was, I was actually saying this to Kate, which is a funny, this is a weird, this is probably a lot of people can't relate, but I was like, it's kind of like we're deciding to hold back like a future, like, uh, I don't know what the word would be, like a future bank account, basically. You know, because it's like we could start this kid off into this world with oh, right. hundreds with a, of thousands of followers. Account, yeah. But it's uh, with a yeah. saving followers account. We could make um, we could make money off of him that we could put into him. his yeah. college account. Well, more just like, of, okay, you're 18. You can have access to your, your Instagram your account followers. now. It has 10 million followers. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So where do you right. stand with that then? I, I don't think we're doing it. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I It's think just it, a weird I, I think... know people who have accounts for kids that haven't been conceived yet. Go figure. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is yeah. so much work. Much. It's not us. No. <sighs> well, how are you going to get the baby out? Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. I We are doing a hospital birth, but I want to do it unmedicated. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, it always made sense to me as soon as I kind of started researching it and stuff. I thought about doing a home birth, but because Joey and I are sort of a little on the paranoid side of things, I think we'll rest more assured knowing that we're – in an environment where the just-in-case thing happens, it's more at our fingertips. That said, my biggest paranoia going into a hospital birth is creating an environment that I'm going to be relaxed in because obviously, due to the nature of what I do, I am pretty sensitive to my surroundings. What are your thoughts about this? She thinks she wants to bring in throw pillows and rugs. like rugs. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Into cedars? Yeah. Not only that, I think cedars should let you take one of their labor and delivery rooms and Mr. Kate it, the yeah. whole thing, start to finish. Awesome. And then you deliver in that room. And then they can charge more for it because that's what Cedars likes to do. <laughs> yeah. um, if people want the Mr. Kate room. Yeah. Um, no, I have this visual of me for I don't know why, but I have this visual of being on the floor a lot. Okay. Because I, I'm on the floor a lot now. I stretch. I do squats, whatever. And so I'm like, I want to bring in throw blankets. I want it to be soft. I want to have that option. I was even thinking about getting those like roll-up camping mats, you know, those ones that you like unroll and they like inflate. Yeah, they frown <laughs> upon you bringing the hibachi in there, but uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Listen, there's a, there's a couple of things. First of all, I have a client, a doula client. She had five kids. Every time right before she pushes the baby out, she drops onto the floor wherever she is, wherever she is, and spends the rest of her time laboring and pushing on the floor. And then in the hospital, she did a bunch in the hospital. They would just all of a sudden throw sheets everywhere just to make it a little more oh, sanitary. Wow. And, um, Did you wear knee pads? Maybe I need knee pads. <laughs> She's ready. Ooh, knee pads. Good right? idea. Like a little construction. You probably pads. have some, yeah. yeah. It'll be cute for the pictures for YouTube. So, yeah, it'll uh, just be like in a bra, no underwear, and knee pads. Knee pads. Super cute. I love that. I and like it'll be a trend. It. You'll see people in the street <laughs> yeah. doing that. I know, I like it. Um, I think that environment makes a huge difference, right? I think uh, like a huge percentage of your birth is what's going on in your mind. Yeah. And so whatever makes you feel comfortable, you do. So a lot of people don't feel comfortable going, you know, I also, I don't know if I told you this, but we we talk about it here a lot about comparing getting a baby out of your body to getting a baby into your body, right? So the environment mm. that you would look to conceive and have a nice, awesome conception is, I think, where the human psyche looks to also deliver a baby. Mm. Medical risk aside, yeah. right? Marvin so, Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Is that a medical risk aside song? No. <laughs> thinking just... play Marvin Gaye. Oh, <laughs> play Marvin Gaye. Yes, totally. Uh, I'm a little slow tonight. I, it's my Meanwhile, pregnancy brain. So it's like, have we ever listened to Marvin Gaye? No. Well, now we know. 
Yeah. Now I know Joey's secret. So <laughs> if you it. can picture yourself conceiving wearing, wearing an oversized unisex hospital moo-moo, having an IV jabbed into your arm, bright lights everywhere, it smells like germicide and random people are coming and going, then you'll have a great time delivering in that environment as well. <laughs> but if oh that's God. not your choice delivery yeah. environment, then you could go to the hospital and make it mm-hmm. what you want it to be. People bring Christmas lights. People bring clothing that, that either activewear or or like a sundress or, or a, your favorite yummy pajamas that feel yeah. good. Something that you feel good in and look at and they don't care. Honestly, Cedars doesn't care what you wear. I'm while actually you're surprised how much they let you modify because like if I went in for like shoulder surgery and I showed up with Throw pillows. Throw pillows, <laughs> Christmas lights. Like, they wouldn't let me do that, right? Yeah, but la- they get that labor and deliveries is not it's a... It's not a medical It's not problem. a sickness or illness problem. Yeah. And that people do better. I mean, that particular hospital, they have essential oils on the floor, and they have um, birth balls, and they have some tubs in the rooms. And they're, they're really work hard to diversify their staff approach, the nurses and the midwives. They have midwives. The approach so that whatever you come in wanting, they do their best to give that to you within the framework of their medical needs, like what they feel is medically necessary for you. Yeah, And so they will not care if you bring in three pieces of luggage and, you know, <laughs> make that place your own. Make it look and feel and smell. Only to carry it. Get a, that's get a, a wagon. That's, that's a what wagon. our doula said. She was like, "No, you're. We'll be. We'll be fine with the stuff that's in the room. I don't want Joey to show up with like a laboring woman plus five look, bags. Look, you could stuff. plan it. You could have it in the car. In the moment, you may or may not want it. The whole the whole birth thing is pretty unpredictable anyway. So it's yeah. sort of like if that's what you think is going to make you comfortable, you might as well have it. If you want it, you use it. If you don't, you won't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna do it. Just watch. It'll be <laughs> super cute in there. <laughs> Or just really weird and bohemian looking. I don't know. Yeah, go to Kate's Instagram and see what she ends up doing. <laughs> yeah. Her nursery. All right. Her nursery. Her Stay tuned for room. our hospital room reveal. <laughs> <laughs> OMG. Yeah. Uh, we got to go. We're done. We're out of time. Oh, man. So fun. We have so much more to talk about. <laughs> well, but yeah. You can always so come fun. back. Well, yeah. You have to come back for an afterbirth story. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, I'll come back and try to paint the picture of what the hospital room looked like. Oh, yeah. Well, we could always put pictures on our Cool. Yeah, we'll make sure to do Website. Uh, well, thanks a ton for being here. Where's the best place to find you online? Uh, YouTube. YouTube.com backslash Mr. Kate. Yeah. Mr. Kate. Or just That's Mr. Kate.com. Yep. Mr. Kate.com is also there. We're on Instagram at Mr. Kate, just M-R-K-T-E. Joey's at Joey Zare. Go follow Joey because he's Z-E-H-R. Great. Yeah, Z-E-H-R. Z-E-H-R. No more, is there any more music coming out of Joey? No. Those days are behind us? Yeah. He, he does sing to my belly. He does? Oh. Marvin Gaye? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Willy Wonka song. What oh. is it? Pure Imagination. Pure Imagination. The one that... I just got so hungry for chocolate. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no suggestion. Well, he, he was the drummer, so he also can tap on my belly. Yeah. He wasn't the singer. Well, look, I, I want to say thanks for being you. Oh, thank Keep you. Keep doing you. That's really nice Keep of you. Keep being weird. You. I think you're weird, but I think that's good. I love it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, weird is a compliment. I know I'm weird, but tonight is for the very first time where I'm embracing my weird. Yay! Yeah. So thank Yay. you. Yeah. Uh, and and as a as a guy, like I'm I I don't know if I'm more involved in the pregnancy than most guys, but uh I don't it's, think so. It's, it's, no, oh, I think you are actually. Oh yeah. really? Than oh. the, the typical? Yeah. yeah. I think you're a little more hands on. Well it's nice it's nice to um I mean, not that it matters, but it's nice to have a, a guy podcast to listen to that talks about this stuff. 
Oh, thanks. I don't know how many other guys are out there listening to your podcast, but I listen to it. We do get feedback. Yeah, I'm sure guys. a lot of women. They're first uh, initially forced to listen to it, but uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, pretty much. So, yeah. you're, so you're shouting out to all the dudes out there yeah, listening. What's up, dudes? It's cool you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we retained you for through the nursery design talk. That yeah. You're still well, the listening. anchors, the the snap anchors. That's yeah. true. Was, That's your job. And stud finders. Yep. Um, all right, time to go. Thank you so much for being here, Julia. Thanks for hosting mm-hmm. with me again at home. If you want to find more of our junk, look for it. We're also on Instagram at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N, or at informedpregnancy.com. <laughs>